You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Which means the win streak continues. Uh, so there's a lot to unpack in this game. But Brady, I'll start with a question I asked you when we were in the other room watching the game together. Are the Thunder peaking too early in this season? Um, well, I've never believed in that. I, like, like I told you, I, I don't personally believe in like you have to play the best basketball towards the end of the regular season so you can so that bleeds into the playoffs. It really the po- postseason. It a lot of it just depends on matchups. Um, so what I will agree with you on, and we both kind of agreed to this. I think the Thunder are shooting outside of their minds right now. Like they entered tonight uh, shooting, I believe, from the three point line, uh, ranked twentieth in the league. Yeah. Uh, prior to about the end of December, they were. 29th, 30th, 28th in three-point percentage. Terrence Ferguson's emergence, Paul George playing like an MVP, shooting from the outside, that has helped this team's uh, shooting um, percentages. I don't know if they're going to keep that up. I don't think that they will. So that will kind of level out at some point. But um, they are playing exceptionally well. Um, Their seventh win in a row uh, after that really disappointing home loss to the Lakers in a game where a lot of people thought, okay, this is where you get your bounce back win, then you you should go on a nice little win streak with a, a road trip on the East Coast. Um, just really tonight it was just it was incredible. They they started this game exactly how they ended the fourth quarter in Orlando when Dennis Schroeder had twelve points and saved the team from a possible collapse in Orlando. Right. Yeah, no, no. Uh definitely a lot to take away from this game as far as Paul George's performance is concerned. Thirty five minutes of work for the young man, fourteen of twenty three from the floor, ten of sixteen from the three point line. That's right, ten of sixteen. From the three-point line, 43 total points, his new career high. Uh, he also had five assists, two steals, seven rebounds. Light work uh, for Paul George in a lot of ways. Uh, but Russell Westbrook securing another triple-double. He now leads the league at 18 triple-doubles on the season, 12 rebounds, 14 assists, and 14 points. What did you see from Russ tonight, Brady? Tonight was a, was an example that I think a lot of people, going back five or six years ago, wanted to see out of Russell Westbrook, just kind of, Picking and choosing your spots um, early on, and trying to get other people, other guys involved um, early on, and not trying to dictate the game, not trying to force the game with just your shooting, your scoring um, initially. I mean, Russell was two of four, I think, in the first half. He had five points, um, had double digits, I, I believe, and I think he had like ten assists at halftime, and had eight, eight or nine rebounds yeah. um, going into the locker room. Um, it was a game that he, it, it was just like that. He he picked and chose his spots. He had one bad shot at the end of, the, <laughs> going into um, going into halftime. It was a three for one, um, a two for one opportunity, but that's what Russell does. Um, and he ends up the game uh, six of 10, only took one three-pointer, um, got to the foul line five times, only hit two of them. That's not good. Um, 14 points, 12 rebounds, 14 assists. Just a really well-played game in a game where, um, you know, you already mentioned Paul George. He broke a franchise record with ten made threes. The record was eight. Uh, Paul had set that twice this year. One being tonight when he hit his eight three, and Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> who had a second quarter for the ages, going nine for nine, breaking a Thunder franchise record for scoring in a quarter um, in terms of hitting your field goals. Anthony Morrow, believe it or not, was eight for eight in a Which game. Which I found shocking. Yeah, he was eight for eight in a game. 
and Schroeder broke that with a, a nine for nine performance. So just a, a one of three great performances, Russell Westbrook tonight. Yeah, one zero seven seven. The franchise one zero seven nine. Tulsa. This is the Thunder first take post game show. You can reach out to us four six zero one zero seven seven four six zero one zero seven seven on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. Uh, you can also give us a text at the Cummins Auto Group in Weatherford text line eight eight four seven four. Type the word text a space and then your message. Uh, and then if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do that at Chisholm Holland. C H I S H O L M H O L L A N D at Brady Does Sports. Mm. You're trying to make people spell on a Friday night right I now. I am. I'm sorry. My mom really screwed me with the spelling <laughs> of my name. And at Nader's Sports 5. Nader's with a Z. That's Sports right. 5. Nailed it. Nailed you, can't it. For, you can't forget the Z. No, absolutely cannot forget the Z. It's the most important letter in the alphabet. It is. Uh, and the Thunder came out on fire tonight, Brady. Uh, I mean, jumping out to a, a pretty large margin uh, in the second quarter, and to your point, in large part because Dennis Schroeder went unconscious, only to be outdone by Paul George. 26 points in the first half for Paul George, 25, 24 points uh, for Dennis Schroeder in the first half. Your superstar players are playing that well. It's going to be real hard to lose a ball game. Uh, tonight, you can make the case that the Thunder had the four best players on the floor. Um, and I don't think it'd be very hard to do. So the hot start from the Thunder is something we've seen. We've also seen, though, the decline in the second half, letting a team claw back into it, and the next thing you know, you're in a ball game. We saw them do that against Sacramento. We saw them do that against the Clippers, which you pointed out early in the season. Thunder gave the uh, Heat a little bit of life in the third quarter, let them pull within 12, but never got closer than that. Um, so as far as starting out hot and finishing the game, how do you like the way this team is... Uh, taking down lesser opponents, something they struggle with in the past. Well, yeah, that's exactly what they struggled with last year. They would beat the elites in the NBA. They would beat Golden State. They would beat Houston. They beat all these these really good teams on the road, then come come back to have a home game against just name some bad team, and then they right. would lose. Brooklyn. They, they would either Mexico. They would either lose or play incredibly poorly. Not only they're not only beating these bad teams, and Miami tonight going into tonight they were twenty four and twenty five, so they're right around five hundred. They might end up the season five hundred. They may make the playoffs. They may not. You know they're an okay team. They've got some talent, and they're definitely a team. Especially, I mean, going into the night. There were all the symptoms of a Thunder letdown tonight. The Thunder were in Miami for two and a half days. So right. They spent two nights in Miami, not having played since uh, Tuesday night's win in Orlando. Which is basically like hanging so, out in Indianapolis. Same place. <laughs> <laughs> LA nightlife is undefeated. Miami uh, nightlife, not so undefeated. But still, <laughs> it's something to think about. And the Heat just lost at home to the Chicago Bulls. Right. It had all the makings of the Heat having a bounce back win after losing to one of the worst teams in the league. And the Thunder just kind of being lackadaisical, playing sloppily, and they didn't do that at all. They they came out, like you said, and were on fire early on. Russ Wessert played um, really controlled basketball. Dennis Schroeder was on fire with that 9-for-9 nine nine in the second quarter. Um, but it kind of had some some of the symptoms of a Thunder letdown in the second half. It did. The, the Heat go on an 8-0, a quick 8-0 uh, scoring run. Billy Dahman had enough of it, called timeout. And from there, I believe the the scoring in the third quarter, uh, Oklahoma City outscored the Heat twenty two to twenty one. But after that eight zero scoring run, it was back and forth. But it never felt like the Thunder were losing control of that game. No, no, it didn't. The Thunder were uh, kind of had a vice grip. And basically, when it got down to within twelve, Billy Diamond called a quick timeout. Russell Westbrook comes out, comes down the floor, gets a layup. Then they come down the floor again, and uh, Paul George hits a three, and now it's back up to seventeen. Um, and like I said, that's as close as Miami really ever pulled it in the second half. Uh, and to your point, they played under control. Uh, Russell had eight assists and five rebounds as quick as you could turn on your television to start this ball game. Um, and he was basically just playing the quintessential, this is what they want from Russell Westbrook game. 
He was very selective with his passes, making sure that he knew who the hot hand was and was getting them opportunities. Um, and obviously tonight that was Paul George over a lot of people. But even in the second quarter when Dennis Schroeder was just on fire, Russell was still finding ways to defer to him. It's just it's growth that we've seen uh, from uh, Russell Westbrook this season that we not necessarily have not seen in years past. Now, the other starter that we haven't talked about is obviously Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams, and Terrence Ferguson. I would like to talk about Terrence a little bit here. Uh, he's someone who's been super hot. Thunder fans are very, very high on him. Uh, obviously, he's shown a huge, not a step forward, I would call it a leap forward in the past two months. Tonight, 0 of 1 from the field, 0 rebounds, 0 assists, 1 steal, 3 fouls. Yeah, and I, I'm actually... I don't want to be disappointed with him tonight. The only reason why I would be disappointed is because for the last two weeks, I've been saying on the OKC82 podcast with Madison that I don't think we're going to see any more of these 0 for 2, 0 for 1 or (laughs) performances from Terrence Ferguson where he doesn't even shoot the ball. Tonight, his only shot, believe it or not, the Thunder's offense chose to find Ferguson down on the post where he tried to... He's a big guard. He tried to back up Tyler Johnson, did not work. Johnson didn't move at all. And Ferguson had to take a step back fadeaway that, of course, missed. You're telling um, me posting up your 70-pound shooting guard isn't a great it, offensive it, it strategy? Wasn't, it wasn't the coolest thing to see, but um, I mean, kudos to the Thunder for trying to make or try to diversify Ferguson's game uh, from the floor. But <laughs> that's very um, polite. That's very polite that, what you're doing there. That's the only thing I'm disappointed of is just because I've blatantly said, "Oh yeah, I don't think we're going to see an 0 for one or 0 for two performance where he shoots early and then doesn't shoot again because he misses his first few shots." I thought that that was kind of behind him, but. There are going to be nights. Um, if, if that's going to happen, it should happen in a game like this where other guys are just playing so well that it really just doesn't matter. Ferguson did did what he does on defense. He, he played well. He finishes with three fouls, which is okay. Uh, I mean, no, nothing to write home about, good or bad, for Ferguson tonight. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, Nate, we're going to get to the player of the game here in just one second. Uh, but obviously the last little talking point here, Oklahoma City has 15 turnovers. I know that's not terrible. That's not great. I think that's a sweet spot. Oklahoma City, if they can just be average in the turnover department, that would be in leaps and bounds because they have guys like Dennis Schroeder who didn't have a few more turnovers than they need to. And I don't know if anyone ever talked about it. Russell Westbrook's a little careless with the ball sometimes. I don't know if anybody's addressed that problem out loud. Really? I'll, I'll bring it up, but I'll be that guy. <laughs> I just got here. Tell yeah. me about this. So 15 turnovers, though, as a team is about right in middle of the league average. And if they could be there the rest of the year, that would be huge because they forced Miami into 17. And obviously, uh, the Thunder are one of the better teams in the league at forcing turnovers in a lot of ways. All right, Nate. Well, if you're ready, let's go ahead and do the Thunder play of the, player of the game. Now. The Franchise Thunder Player of the Game. Brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. All right, Brady. Where's your vote? This is hard. This is a hard Is it? <laughs> is it? Um, player of the Game for the second quarter, Dennis Schroeder. Player of the Game for everything else, Paul George. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty easy. Uh, Paul yeah. George, 14 of 23. 10 of 16 from the three-point line, which, like we said, a Thunder franchise record for made threes. It was eight. Paul George did that twice. Uh, broke it tonight. Um, seven rebounds, five assists. I mean, everything's going to point. Everybody's going to point to the forty-three points and the ten of sixteen from the three-point line. Paul George has also become just a better overall player everywhere else on the floor because everybody knows about the what he brings on defense. He leads the, the league in total steals. He leads the league in deflections. Just every little minute defensive statistic you can think of, Paul George is at the top of that. But he's also increased his rebounding. He's also increased his ability to distribute on offense to other guys, particularly Terrence Ferguson. These last few weeks, he's found Ferguson for a lot of corner threes. It probably, 
you know, it's probably a result of being in year two and being more comfortable in this Oklahoma City offense. And tonight was about as beautiful of a game you could see Paul George play. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was flawless from start to finish. Obviously, Paul George is the uh, the choice here. Here's a little stat from Brett Dawson uh, of the Athletic. Uh, Paul George had his 13th game this season with five or more made three-pointers. I don't know where that ranks in the league. Uh, Obviously, I I don't want to sit here and look that up, but that's a good stat. Nate, look that up. Yeah, just go go dig through the weeds of Reddit, basketball (laughs) reference, and get back to me and let me know. Uh, So, Nate, do you have a different choice on player of the game? Uh, I I don't think so. It's a pretty easy choice. I was just watching the uh, post-game coverage, and they as well chose Paul George. Okay. So All right, looks good. Like you guys are right on track. Long, long as uh, me and Antonio Daniels are on the same page, I'm on board. Uh, my second choice is obviously Hamadou Diallo because he's going to the dunk contest. <laughs> Not for anything he did tonight, just because he's going to the dunk contest. That's going to be a fun weekend for uh, basketball fans in Oklahoma. you got, you got Trey Young in the um, Rising Stars Challenge. You've got yeah. Hamadou Diallo in the dunk contest, yeah. Thunder fans. And you got Buddy Heald in the three-point contest. And then, of course, you got Paul George, Russell Westbrook in the All-Star game. Blake Griffin as well. So there's a lot of lot to be excited for. A lot of for. Oklahoma. Yeah, a lot, of, lot to be excited for for All-Star weekend. Yeah, uh, one random... This has nothing to do with the game. One thing I've never understood is Blake Griffin, when he got drafted to the Clippers, OU fans... I don't know... If, let me rephrase. I don't know if OU fans initially, but Oklahoma turned against Blake Griffin pretty quick. Pretty quickly, he fell out of favor and he started getting booed early in his career. And then it became a hatred as him and Serge Ibaka had some issues. Uh, but that was definitely an Oklahoma didn't like him first kind of a thing. Why that hasn't happened with Buddy Heald or Trey Young, I don't know. Because at the time with the Blake Griffin thing, it was he doesn't play for us, so we don't like him anymore. I Which think, I understand that mentality, but shouldn't you have that with everybody? Well, I think a few things kind of went into that. Um, Blake Griffin got drafted in 2009, which was you know going into the season where the Thunder started becoming a playoff contender. So they got good really fast. That was the year they drafted James Harden, and everyone thought, holy crap, if Oklahoma City wins the lottery, this will be the greatest thing that's ever happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you have the Thunder becoming a playoff threat out in the West, and then the Clippers slowly building their roster with DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, their big three. And, you know, we we already we already saw a postseason uh, matchup between the two teams and they were always hotly contested. So that played into it, of course. Buddy Heald, Trey Young. Um Is it because they're on trash teams and they don't matter? Yeah, you could probably okay. say that. Was, just, you could probably well, say and, that. And also their guards and they're a little bit more soft spoken than Blake well, Griffin. Think about so where Blake Griffin was his second year versus like where they're at just talent wise. Yeah. You know, Blake I mean, Griffin was rookie of the year his second year in the league. Buddy, Buddy Heald's going to be about the best three point shooter in the league. Isn't the NBA fun? Blake Griffin was the rookie of the year his second year in the league. <laughs> ben Simmons is in the Rising Stars Challenge, yes. In his third year. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Joel Embiid almost won rookie of the year his third year in the league, which, have been, which would have outdone Blake Griffin. Uh, all right. Well, that's as much random sooner NBA talk as we can do for the moment. Uh, so we're going to get out of here. We've got two more segments to go. We're obviously going to get into the Who That Dunk That. Uh, we're going to walk through the NBA scoreboard. We'll talk about what's upcoming for the Thunder and what this win means uh, long-term and playoff standing. So uh, make sure you stick around. This is the Thunder First Take post-game show. My name is Chisholm Holland. I'm Brady Trantham, and I am with Nate Baldwin. And join us and make Make sure you stick around for the next segment. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome back to First Take Postgame Show. This is uh, 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. My name is Chisholm Holland. I'm at Chisholm Holland on Twitter. I'm with Brady Trantham, who's at Brady Cover Sports. I'm sorry, Brady Does Sports. I do one of those things. <laughs> And then I am also with Nathan Baldwin. Nathan, give out your Twitter handle. It's Nader's Sports Five. Nader's Sports Five. Good. Now, what's your social security number? Credit card number. If I knew that, I 
Oh, I would give it to you. It's all... Wait, do you actually not know your social security number? <laughs> no, I do. Okay. I'm just okay, checking. Yeah. Oh, I do. It's tattooed <laughs> but on my arm. I have to ask my mom just to make sure, you know, if I got it right. You can, like, call her to double check. Shout out to Nader's mom. For sure. For sure. For sure. I get that. Well, this is the Thunder First Take postgame show. We're supposed to be talking about basketball, but social security number information is always great, too. Uh, the Thunder have a massive victory over the Miami Heat. Uh, they get the uh, 118-102 win. This is now their one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh game in a row to pull off victory. This all started after dropping back-to-back games at Atlanta or at Atlanta, and then against the Baby Lakers in overtime. Since then, seven straight. Uh, really kind of turning a corner here. Obviously, shooting the ball as well as they have all season. I saw a tweet from Brett Dawson coming into this game since January 1st. They were shooting 40.5%. From the three-point line, that was second in the NBA in that time span. I think tonight is not going to hurt that number at all. Uh, so, what was it? Fifty percent still? Yeah, they shoot north of fifty. Yeah, fifty-three yeah. percent, sixteen of thirty. So, I mean, just unbelievable outside shooting, and it it came from different guys. Uh, and Brady pointed this out in the last segment. Is you know, Terrence Ferguson had really been shooting really, really well from the outside, and that, with Paul George, has been bolstering their three-point percentage tonight. Terrence Ferguson, 0 of 1, doesn't even take a three-pointer. A large part from Dennis Schroeder, who goes 4 of 6 from the three-point line, and Paul George, who goes 10 of 16. That 30 mark, and I said this uh, after the last victory, 33s. I know it's more than some Thunder fans like. It's more than a lot of people like. I think that's the magic number for them. They need to be somewhere in the 33-point attempts. And... 33 point attempts, you said? Per game. Okay, I thought you, for a second, I thought you said three point percentage. I was like, oh. They can shoot 30. <laughs> well, that was the beginning of the year. I was about to say, if you asked me at the start of the year when they were shooting 26, I'd be like, yeah, we would take 30. Uh, but no, I think if they attempt 33s a game, which I know that, like, my father, who is a wonderful man, he, like, thinks the Thunder should take, like, 12. Like, that should, you know, they're just not good at three point shooting. He likes the old school Duke offense where you just, there's no shot clocking, just dribble away from the defender. <laughs> well, it's just, if you're not good at it, don't do it. And I understand that logic entirely. Uh, but there is some element of you have to make people respect you from the outside. And so shooting 33 pointers a game, that basically means Paul George is shooting somewhere in the neighborhood of 10. Patrick Patterson, Alex Sabrina's combination is shooting somewhere in the neighborhood of five or six. And then you're getting contributions from Jeremy Garrett, Russell Westbrook, and those other guys. It's it's just getting you right where you need to be, where people are having to respect the three-point line. I don't know what your thoughts are on the number of attempts that Oklahoma well, City is taking. Are you they should take less, they should take more? Well, let's do a little math experiment. Hey Nate, can you can you take note of this and add these numbers up for us? Okay, good. So Paul George, you said around ten. So let's say anywhere from eight to twelve is normal so you you want to say 10 so just put down 10 for paul george three-point attempts jeremy grant i would say two to four yeah he's he's been a fairly consistent three-point shooter especially from the corner um where i think he's shooting 39 percent um going i i don't know like i checked that last week so it might have changed but so four for jeremy grant steven adams zero (laughs) what (laughs) terrence guys terrence ferguson is kind of the, the the confusing one here because i think if you look at tonight it's like two but with the way he's been shooting, you it might be like six. You six. I, I would say four to five. So do you want to? You want to agree at five or do you five? Wanna, Let's okay. do five. That's okay. in between us. So do five. I think like four corner threes and two threes. You go. Okay, that one went in. Russell Westbrook. Now there's a there's a difference here with Russell Westbrook. There is the shots that you the amount of shots that you want him to take and the amount of shots that you know he's going to take. I think the magic number for him is five. He's so he's so good. Even when he's a bad shooter, especially yeah. at the mid range, the guys are still in his face. So as long as he's stretching the floor, guys are going to still try and guard him. So I'd I'd say five. Um, Dennis Schroeder tonight two. Aber- 
Yeah, I would say three. T- two. Somewhere yeah, around there. I was going to say three, actually. Okay, yeah. th- we'll do we'll do three at the very mo- the most. And I'm going to count Patrick Patterson and Alex Abrinas as a combination of two people because I have no idea what we're going to get out of them night to night. Exactly. With, uh, Abrinas did play tonight. Everybody uh, played nine and a half minutes. Uh, very good, you know, mm-hmm. with what he was dealing with. No one knows what he was dealing with exactly other than the illness prior to the personal reasons. But anyway, so we'll, we'll say three combined for Patterson and Abrinas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so somewhere three. Um, Nader, do we want to add him since he's a part of the rotation? We can add two to that. Definitely thought you were talking about me. <laughs> Nate Dog is shooting. Abdul, Abdul Nader. There I would go. just say, like, the bench outside of Dennis Schroeder, if you get eight three-point attempts for, for, between the bench. Okay. Seventh man down. Okay, well, I think that would just be two for Nader then. Yeah. Okay, so to so add the two, so how much is that? That is 32. 32. So, so right, right in that ballpark. Yeah, so right in that ballpark. And that's, um, I mean... That's something that I think you you know when you see it. It's not necessarily something that you try to forecast because every game is different. Some guys are going to be hot. Like tonight, Dennis Schroeder's four or six on the three point line. Um, if he's hot, keep going. Right, Paul George. If you're you know if you're hot, keep going. So it I I don't think it matters for the most part. But yes, ideally thirty thirty two. That's where the Thunder want to be from the three point line. Yeah, um, and I, not to oversimplify things, which is what I do here because I'm not very smart. I think that num- that number is going to be about right. Biggest determining factor is: do we get four or five three pointers from Russell Westbrook? Or do we get twelve? Like I, I, I really truly believe that's the biggest swinging factor. Like Patrick Patterson is going to come out and shoot eight threes in a game. Oh, just wait. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? And like the nights that uh, Terrence Ferguson doesn't take any threes, well, don't worry, Russ, uh, Paul George is going to take sixteen. You well, know? well, it's like obviously Paul George, Schroeder, uh, and um, Russell Westbrook—they're—they're they're going to have the the opportunity to shoot more than they're probably capable of because they have the ball in their hand primarily. Guys like Patterson, Abrinas, Ferguson, Abdul Nader—those guys—they're getting set up to shoot threes. Uh, tonight, Paul George had a really nice behind the back pass to um, Patrick Patterson for his only three point shot. It was a perfect play. It was uh, perfectly executed. And that's when you want your role players actually attempting those threes is when they get set up to do it. Right. Everybody else is just kind of like they just have a green light. Russ, Dennis, Paul, they all have green lights right now. Yeah. Well, the uh, Thunder defense uh, that had been called into question at one point obviously was leading the league. Then it got passed by Indiana and then it started leading the league again. Not the case anymore. Uh, but they put up a good performance against uh, the Miami Heat. Basically, who is the Los Angeles Clippers of the East? Like, they have a lot of good pieces that a lot of people would like on their team, but I wouldn't exactly call them star studded. I don't know down the stretch who they're giving the ball to other than Dwayne Wade as a memorial tour. Oh, D Wade. Uh, you know, <laughs> so like, I just, it's a good win, um, but playing incredible defense against a collection of guys isn't as impressive. Uh, but it's setting him in the right right direction. And offensive rebounding had been some had something that they had been giving up. The Thunder had been giving up a lot lately, uh, only giving up a handful of those tonight against Miami. Only eleven um, when uh, the Pelicans were in the twenties. Orlando was in the twenties in that category. So dialing it back. Uh, which is a great adjustment from the Thunder. Obviously, they've been one of the better rebounding teams in the league since the Cantor trade, somewhere around in the Kendrick Perkins. Uh, they've always been in the top five in the league. That's dropped off a little bit this season. Uh, but if you can hold your opponents not getting double digits offensive rebounds, obviously that's a success. 11 is what they'll take tonight, and that'll do well. But 102 points against the Miami Heat team on the road, not a terrible defensive performance by any means. No, and out of those 11 offensive rebounds, and that, that's been a problem for this team, you know, as well as they played in this seven-game winning streak, if, if their their biggest glaring flaw 
is their sudden lack um, of awareness on the defensive glass. And a lot of that has been because of the teams that they're playing. They play, they played a few more teams that have a higher pace, higher tempo. So they're not able to sit in the paint um, on a defensive rebound. Steven Adams particularly. Um, but of their, of their 11 offensive rebounds tonight, four of them came in Miami's two most successful spurts of the game. The very beginning where they were, I believe at one point it was six to five Oklahoma city. Whoa. And five, uh, four of their points, uh, four of Miami's points came from two bad, clo- um, bad, uh, box outs, uh, box outs. Basically the, the, he got offensive rebounds. Then in that eight Oh run in the third quarter result of sloppy defense and two offensive rebounds. Right. So even though with 11, like, yeah, you don't want them to touch double digits, but you look at it then and you remember how, how it came about. The thunder played really well in the glass tonight. They didn't. All right. We're about to go to the NBA scoreboard, but let me run something by you here. Um, in this past ball game, Matt Moore, who's a guy you can follow on Twitter. Uh, he has two actual Twitter accounts, so good luck on finding both of them. Um, but uh, he put out a stat. The Thunder are currently number four in defense. This is before this game, so I don't know if they're still number four, so don't hold me to this. Number four in defense and number four in pace in the league. Teams that have done that. The Oklahoma City Thunder this season. Golden State Warriors three years ago before they got Kevin Durant. That does not happen. You can't be an incredible defensive team, but also being playing be playing faster than everyone else in the league. So I think that could be leading into the offensive rebounds because they're playing with such pace and trying to get out and run. And something that we saw a few years ago is Russell Westbrook getting a lot of defensive rebounds to bring the ball up. We still see that from time to time. But we also see a lot of long outlet passes to Paul George, a lot of long outlet passes to Dennis Schroeder, of them trying to push the pace more than maybe we've seen in years past. I think that might be leading to the rebounding issue on some level. Yeah, and you're starting to see this that that level of play and the style that they want to play. You're starting to see the, the fruit of the, all that labor because two years ago the Thunder were like the Thunder, and particularly Russell Westbrook, are just getting dogged on a national level of like, oh look, Stephen Adams just let Russell Westbrook get that rebound. Right. Oh, this is Russell Westbrook's team. He runs this whole city. Um, well, that they do does. that on purpose, and they've said this over and over and over to us in media scrims. Like, why do you want Russell Westbrook to um, get the defensive rebound? Because they want to push. They understand. They they look at their player roster on BasketballReference.com too, just like the rest of us. Wow, this guy can't shoot, shoots less than thirty three percent from the three point line. This guy does too. This guy does too. We don't have a lot of great shooters, right. so we have to manufacture points in other ways. And this is what they've been able to do. And yeah, it, it is. I didn't even know about the, that. The seventy three win team was was that a uh, mm-hmm. going. Yeah, okay. Um, typically, yes, this doesn't happen, but because they understand their limitations and they're still able to say, no, we can still be a successful basketball team because of X, Y, and Z, that's why you've seen Russell Westbrook get all these defensive rebounds. That's why you've seen Paul George increase his rebounding this season than, than in years past because it's more paramount that a guy like him that's fast, versatile, and good with the basketball, he needs to have the ball in his hands to push the, uh, push the tempo. Right. Uh, and just for anybody out there who's thinking of some team from the 80s that was cranking out whenever I wasn't around, pace stats only go back so far. So don't hold me to uh, no team has ever done that before. I can just tell you two of them have done it since they started counting pace as an advanced statistic. All right, let's go ahead and go around the association. All right, we got the Celtics over the Knicks earlier, 113 to 99 in New York. The we Kyrie got, Irving tryout? Uh, let's see, I don't know. <laughs> we got the Hornets over the Grizzlies, 100 to 92. And then going on right now in the second quarter, Nuggets over the Rockets, 62 to 57. That'll be going to halftime shortly. And in the fourth quarter, Jazz over the Hawks, 
Shocker there, 101 to 92 with about 10 and a half left. If you would have told the Hawks at the start of the season, hey, you're not even going to be able to sniff the bottom four in the league. Like, you're going to be way too good. There's no way you're going to get a bottom four seed. They would have laughed at you. I'd laugh at them. But, I mean, they have 16 wins and they're not even close. They're not even close. New York has 10 wins and I don't think they're going to win again until next season. Oh, yeah. It's it's already 2019. You can't use that joke. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, but, yeah, so I just think it's funny. The Hawks, obviously, this this coming into this year, we're like, we're going to try to lose every possible game. We want the number one pick. Joke's on them. They're going to have, like, number six. Well, wait. Does New York not play Phoenix anymore? <laughs> we need to look for that possible win. <laughs> Anywhere they can get it. Atlanta is kind of... They're kind of good. They're they're John Collins has been unbelievable for about a month. I love me some John Collins. Kevin Herter. Um is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Kevin Herter. Nailed it. Incre- incredible development. It's it, it's been really really fascinating to see how he's been able to uh, translate his game to the NBA so quickly, but I mean the Hawks are they're starting to build something, but I think they might be winning a little bit too much for their front office's liking. Yeah, they <laughs> got like, all- no, 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 we need to get Zion. No, yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah. The Hawks have 16 wins. The uh, Knicks have 10. Don't worry, they started the season two and zero. The Knicks started two and zero, and now are 10 and 41. That is incredible, absolutely incredible. Tanking is uh, something that's just hilarious uh, to keep up with, and the Chicago Bulls are doing it better than just about everybody in the league outside of the New York Knicks. Uh, so there you go. There's your little around the association. I don't know if you saw the Kyrie news earlier, um, Brady, about him saying, obviously this summer when he was at a season ticket holders event, he was down on the court, and he basically, unprompted, without being asked, made the announcement that he was going to resign this coming summer. Um, then yesterday in a media scrum, he was basically asked, that's still true? And his response was something along the lines of, ask me on July 1st. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that answer because I don't want to be asked the same question every other day especially about something that i'm not thinking about right now if you're kyrie irving you're you're on a championship contending team you're playing for one of the most storied franchises in not just nba history but in sports history with the boston celtics so the last thing you want to worry about is rumors being spread about like oh i i'm gonna go team up with kevin durant in new york or i'm gonna go team up with lebron back down down in la like i'm just focused on trying to win as many games as possible get into the postseason trying to win a championship they were one game away from the finals last year without Kyrie irving so i understand the frustration of just you know just ask me on july 1st but that other quote where he said i don't owe anybody sh you know i don't owe anybody ish um bro aren't you a contract player (laughs) You owe your boss to play <laughs> uh, for the Celtics. Um, I think it's a little silly. I mean, I don't want to get too... I mean, we could talk all for about an hour and a half on this whole topic. Right. But, um, Almost like we need a podcast for I mean, <laughs> Which, shout out OKCA2 listeners. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's... It's going to be a fun summer. It's going to be like the 2016 summer, uh, the infamous one uh, around here in Oklahoma City um, when Kevin Durant decided to leave but it's going to be similar to that a lot of big names on the, on the move possibly a right. lot of teams could possibly load up on some uh big time names and it's a uh, i'm looking forward to not sleeping july 1st <laughs> july 2nd uh all right here's just a couple of quotes from Kyrie irving october 2017 s on my d november 2018 f thanksgiving february 2019 i don't owe anybody the S word. Well, when did he say the earth was flat? Uh, <laughs> last year. Uh, this man really has a way with You're words. wearing a Kyrie Irving shirt. I am. I'm a fan of his game. I did not know he was a lunatic until he got out of Cleveland. <laughs> he got the handles. He what, does have handles. Didn't he also say, like, if it wasn't, wasn't for Wikipedia, I'd have never, like, got got through that semester at Duke? 
Didn't he say that? Yes. <laughs> which, which I know that's funny because he said he was using Wikipedia for class. We all know he wasn't doing his homework. Like we all Let, know. Let's he, not. He let, was not writing a single paper. He didn't take a test. He didn't go to class. We all know. It was probably one of those like paper classes to where you just write a paper and it's the whole three credits. Yeah. If there's like hardcore Duke fans listening, they're going like, no, that's North Carolina. No, it's North Carolina. No. Yeah, come on. You, you could not tell me that Cam Reddish right now has a great attendance record. We ain't come here to Zion play. Williamson does he couldn't even tell you where his homeroom is. We we ain't come here to play school. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, so we're going to jump into uh, the play of the game here with Brady Trantham in a moment. But uh, just keep your eyes out on the trade market. Obviously, there's some buyout guys uh, that I'm sure we could talk about in the next segment that Oklahoma City makes sense for. There was a trade this afternoon with TLC going to the Chicago Bulls with some cash considerations uh, that's going to save the uh, Thunder a little bit of money in the long run. Obviously, they have a tax bill that everyone's talking about that's looming over this franchise on some level. Um, good news about the way the tax works is they don't have to pay it today. They don't have to pay it tomorrow. They don't have to pay it during the season. They have to pay it at the end of the year. Once the books are final, that's when that tax bill is due. So they have a few months to work on it, which they've been doing all year. Uh, the Carmelo Anthony trade's an example. The trades they made in the summer where they ended up with Abdul Nader is another. Uh, but the TLC trade was another way to cut costs a little bit. Basically, since July 13th of this summer, their tax bill was 149.3. On February 1st, as of this morning, it's 66 0.1 million, uh, cutting it almost in half. Uh, and they still have till the trade deadline to get that number even a little bit lower if they do choose to. Uh, but with that, two open ro- roster spots. Buyout guys are obviously going to be rumored to Oklahoma City on a lot of levels. Brady Trantham, there's some obvious names that I'm not going to just give you. I'm going to make you work for it. But is there anyone that you think Thunder fans should keep their eye on? Well, I think the obvious is going to be Wes Matthews, and that goes... No, no one said that. <laughs> yeah, no one has said Wes Matthews to Oklahoma City. Um, that's been something that's been stirring in the pot for the last few years, especially going back to his days in Portland. He was always a guy that Thunder fans would look at and say, that's who the Thunder need, is they need a player yeah. like like Wes Matthews. He was, at, before his um, Achilles rupture, he was one of the more premier 3 and D guys, him and Aaron Aflalo, um, God, who's the other Courtney guy? Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee. Always the one people yeah, all, like all these soon-to-be Thunder players. And right. then, uh, of course, Wes Matthews, unfortunately, has that Achilles rupture, gets traded to Dallas. He's not so much the defensive player that he used to be. Right. He's still an incredibly talented shooter. He's a great scorer. And if you can get him to come off your bench, I mean, that's, that, that's, a, that's an upgrade. But the problem is, um, it's not a guarantee that if he's bought out, he's going to come to Oklahoma City. That's not guaranteed because there are going to be other teams interested in his services. Golden State. And also, <laughs> Philly. And also, if you bring on Wes Matthews, you're basically trying to say, okay, Terrence Ferguson, you've played great so far and you have a lot of potential that we're excited to see for the next few years. And possibly considering, you know, Andre Robertson hasn't come back yet and may not come back this year, we're, we're going to stunt your growth and bring in Wes Matthews to pretty much take your minutes. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, Wes Matthews is going to be the name, but I do kind of, in the back of my mind, I keep trying to remember a few weeks ago um, during Nerland's Noel's concussion protocol, the Thunder were, were um, talked about in NBA circles of being in the market for another big because Stephen Adams, like he plays most of his games. He missed the Orlando game on Tuesday. Um, he's had... You know, he'll always go to the tunnel during games. Um, there's always that that risk that he could have a little ankle tweak. And if he's gone, then you've got to depend on Nerlens Noel and then Patrick Patterson and Jeremy Grant to run the five. The Thunder do not want to exist in that in that reality. So there's if there's an, another big in the buyout market that's relatively cheap that they don't have to pay the following year, sure, bring them on in. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, go ahead and hit the uh, play of the game. Well, I mean, it could really be any of Paul George's <laughs> made threes because yeah. obviously he has a record-breaking night tonight. Um, but when I was, when this was kind of a game and, and the Thunder weren't perpetually up by 20, um, the prettiest possession, I'll just say, it wasn't necessarily kick-ass, but it was just pretty. It's around the 310 mark of the Are you first... putting makeup on my kick-ass play of the game? A <laughs> little bit. A little bit of lipstick, a little bit of rouge. Um, <laughs> around the 310 mark of the uh, first quarter, Russell dribbles, uh, drives to the rim, kicks out to Abdul Nader, who's relatively open, but he has to pump fake, get by his defender. He dribbles to the rim, and he kind of doesn't know what to do, so he just gives it back to Russell on the baseline, who then has Dwayne Wade, of all people, guard him. <laughs> and so Russell does a few moves, does a cool, um, gets back to the rim, does a cool up and under, and then when he comes under Wade, feeds Steven Adams for the uh, easy dunk, and uh, it was pretty... Um, it helped put the Thunder up, I believe, 27 to 17, and they really never looked back from that moment. No, absolutely. Because then Schroeder happened, then Paul George happened, then Russell Wester got his fifth straight triple-double, 18th on the year, all the records, all all the categories, <laughs> everything. Everyone's going to remember this game, except for me, even though I grew up a Dwayne Wade, Miami Heat fan. I'm sorry, Dwayne Wade. I'm so sorry. At you got a new. Uh, at least you got the All Star bid, though. You got some new stuff in the mail recently. Yes, I may have got a uh, authentic stitch Dwayne Wade uh, Miami Heat Vice. So, so for clarification, jersey. you bought the actual jersey, not the cheap Chinese jerseys that are twenty five dollars sent away eight weeks for that I bought in college. Um, can I get in trouble for saying where I get it from? Because let's just say it was cheap. It was cheap. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, uh, there's actually also a place that you can listen to this show later, but there's a place that you can listen to a post-game podcast after every single Thunder match from match. I work at a soccer team it, you, as well. And yeah, I said the Thunder played really well. The, they played really well know. on the pitch tonight. Yeah. The, well, speaking of mid-pitch, um, now you got me all bamboozled. There's a great <laughs> place to listen to a podcast after every individual Thunder game. Brady and Madison Morris, who's at work right now, that's why she's not here, um, usually do a podcast called the OKC82 Podcast. Brady, where could they hook up with that? Where can they listen to you at? They can find the OKC82 podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, we usually tweet out the link from Apple Podcasts, the iTunes link on Twitter. Um, sometimes we'll put it out on Facebook. Um, we've got, um, we're trying to work for our 500th uh, subscriber. We're almost there. So please be our 500th subscriber. And um, Nate, are you subscribed? I am not. Don't so... make me, I'm going to break through oh this glass. Oh my gosh, Nate. Those are Dude, fighting sorry. words. Go subscribe. I'll do it. You know, subscribe. I'll do it right subscribe. Now. subscribe. Go subscribe. Right now. We're going to go on a commercial break here in a second. You can subscribe in the commercial. Yeah, subscribe or that beard's coming off. Wow. <laughs> it's aggressive. Uh, so the OKC82 podcast, Brady Trantham, Madison Morris do a great job after every single Thunder game. Not home game, not away game. Every single Thunder game note. 82 in the title um, and you can catch all the thunder information there those guys do a great job go to practices get some inside information and uh, you can also find some articles that brady writes it feels daily uh, but a few times a week on the franchiseok.com he does a great job of following the team there as well so make sure you check out all brady's stuff on the web uh, but that's gonna do it for here us here in the second segment we obviously still have the stat cat to go uh, we also have to do the who that dunk that and i'm sure there's a segment i'm forgetting but we'll get all that to the next segment this is 107.7 the franchise 107.9 in tulsa this is the Thunder first take post game show with Chisholm Holland, uh, Brady Trantham, and Nathan. Join us here in a moment.
Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome back. 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 Tulsa. This is the Thunder First Take postgame show. Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, and Nate Baldwin hanging out, having a great time. Uh, we're done talking about the Miami game. It's in the past. Let's move on. Old news. Yeah. What did Rafiki say on Lion King? It's in the past. You just don't. You just. I don't. I don't know. It's a cartoon. Nate, Lion Nate, King expert. Nate, you're closer to a child's age than me. Do you, you remember the Lion King? Yeah, I remember it. Uh, there's a there's a baboon yeah. named yes. Rafiki, yes. and he says something transformational about not looking back. He's somewhat of a wise man in the Lion King community. I remember nothing. Yeah, the only thing I can remember that's like that would be more like the Kung Fu Panda with the turtle. <laughs> okay. Never he, seen never seen Kung Fu oh, Panda. And he does the Turn off his microphone. <laughs> the past is the past and the future is something the present. You're butchering this. <laughs> this is not going well, Nate. It's so bad. Uh well, something it's you know what else is bad. The Miami Heat's defense. The Miami Heat's defense was also bad. <laughs> and moving on. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder have a few winnable games coming up. Obviously, the next one, though, is Sunday. It's a 1 p.m. tip-off. Why 1 p.m. on a Sunday? Because the Super Bowl's that night, you silly wagon. Um, and so the Boston Celtics will be facing off against the Oklahoma City Thunder in the Garden. Kyrie Irving obviously has... Rumors circling around him. The Boston Celtics have a whole lot of questions to answer. The Patriots are playing in the Super Bowl that night. There's a lot Again. of reasons why the Thunder are catching Boston at the right time, Brady. Yeah, I mean, Boston, one of the more uh, hostile environments, I guess you could say, if you're going to play there on the road, especially when Boston is really good like they are this year. But if you're going to play them... This it's is the pro- drunkest arena in the league. <laughs> it's <laughs> won that award. If you're going to play Boston when they're good on the road this is about the most perfect time to play them yeah. because they've got all this anthony davis you know talk swirling around the team they've got the kyrie irving kind of pseudo controversial statements i uh, think it's kind of super controversial well i don't know about pseudo i mean it's pseudo in terms of like yeah like like i said like i don't blame him for just saying please don't ask me these stupid questions for the next four or five months he had the opportunity to kind of push it under the rug a little uh, bit i guess so you gotta and he was kind of like ah, you, you gotta it's not going under the rug but you take Ask one, me in a month. Take one from uh, the Thunder's GM, Sam Presti. You always want to be versatile. You always want to have moved, uh, room to wiggle around. That's yeah. what Kyrie gave himself. But, you know, I'm sure Boston fans, like most notably Bill Simmons, who said today, oh, if the Celtics happen to trade Kyrie, I won't care. It's like, okay, Bill. Okay. But the point is, Celtics fans, probably not the biggest Kyrie Irving fan right now. No. Add to the fact that you said, you know, the it all every Boston fan is going to be like, oh yeah, Tom Brady, yay again in the Super Bowl. Right. So everyone's going to be focused on that. So it's a perfect opportunity for the Thunder to play early tip off, get a big win on the road, and keep this seven game winning streak going to eight. Uh, keep that uh, crazy train rolling. Absolutely. So you know, fans who uh, might be pre obligated to uh, have other functions to attend. Uh, Drama circling your superstar and teams having to answer questions about that. All usually a recipe for the opposing team to come in and get an easy victory. It wouldn't shock me if Thunder win that game by double digits, but it also wouldn't shock me if the Thunder lose by double digits because they have a tendency to lose the games. I think they're going to blow people out. Uh, after that, they go. They come back home. They face off against Orlando and then against Memphis. The Memphis game is actually on the same day as the trade deadline. So that could lead to a, a bunch of... Uh, 
moving parts in the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, Mike Conley is on the trading block. Marcus Saul is also on the trading block. Um, and everyone on the roster. I think everyone on their roster outside of Triple Except J. For, yeah, Jaron Jackson. Outside of Triple J is all available. So they could be bare bones at that point. Because if you make a trade, obviously the people you get in return aren't going to be playing that night. Um, so they might be playing a six, seven, eight man rotation at most, depending on what happens there. So again, catching Memphis at the right time. And they're also tanking. So that usually helps. Um, and then after that, Houston, Portland. What do you think about the upcoming stretch for the Thunder there, Brady? I think it sets itself up well because there's that good mixture of bad teams that you you, sh- you look at and say, okay, the Thunder should be able to take care of business that night and just put another win on the, in the, put another number increase to the win column. And then you have the games like you know Boston, uh, Portland, of course, is always a tough matchup for the Thunder. Right. It's always a game that they get them they get up for. So it has that delicate balance of you have your games where you should expect Abdul Nader, Terrence Ferguson to get a lot of burn, uh, Hamadou Diallo. Then you have Boston where you know, put everything, throw everything out in the kitchen sink. This is a nationally televised game. It's a big game. Want to see where you're, uh, where you are in the, in terms of the hierarchy of the NBA. And it also could be a game where, well, first off, Russell Westbrook's had a ton of success long-term against Boston. He always plays well against them. Um, and we were talking about it earlier on the three point, t- uh, three point attempt conversation. He has a tendency to chunk in one of those. Oh, I went two of 12 from the three point line games. Wouldn't shock me if that on Super Bowl Sunday in a nationally televised game in the middle of the afternoon on Sunday, Russell Westbrook puts up 12, 14, three-point attempts. I'm going to tell you this right now. If he's going to do that, please be on the road where I'm not um, at the game or in the locker room because everybody remembers the uh, one for 10, or uh, the one for 10 or the one for 12 performance in that first Denver game this year. That was where, one for 12. Yeah, I'll never forget. We walked into the locker room, Madison and I, along with the rest of the media. And, um, you know, players typically take about 10 to 20 to 30 minutes to get out of there fully. Russell was still in his jersey, sitting in his locker, obviously very disappointed. I don't blame him for being disappointed. Didn't play well. Thunder lost a tight game to a division rival and made everybody wait for about an hour and a half before he went out and took a shoot, uh, post-game shooting session. Oh, that's right. And I then, forgot about and that. And then finally came back. Madison and I were just like, we need to go record the podcast. It's already 1 o'clock in the morning. Let's get out of here. So there were a few media members that braved the entire wait and waited for Russell. So if he's going to do that, please don't do it um, at home. Or Denver on the road on February 26th, because Mass and I will be covering that game for the franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll make sure I put in my submission that he doesn't uh, pull that stuff uh, while you're going to be in the locker room for your convenience. That's what we're worried about. Your convenience. Ooh, we got the Rafiki quote. Shout out uh, Barlett, um, at Barlett CR, or Chase Barlett. Thank you so much. It's a, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Oh, that was so inspirational. That was so good. We've got some great listeners. no recollection of that. Well, yeah, because you all. forgot you you didn't run you didn't run from it you just moved past it you learned from Rafiki so good job Nate good job Nate moving way on to, way to apply what you learned uh, so we're gonna jump into the who that dunk that <laughs> yeehaw that was great that was great Brady I'm a method actor you are a method actor. <laughs> Uh, so who that dunk that? That's a special segment that Jerry Ramsey started because we have no sponsor, but he just loves people talking in a Cajun accent. Where we talk about one player who dunked the ball very, 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 very hard. And you know what? There weren't there weren't a lot. Not a lot. The, the first play of the game, uh, Russell ran a um, pick and roll with uh, Steve Nabbs at the screen. Like one of those little shallow pick and yeah, rolls. Yeah, it was like, like ten it was, feet from the basket. It was a shallow one, and he just threw up a really soft high lob, and that Stephen like redirected into the rim. Yeah, and it just looked like someone's going to catch or defend that right. And the Heat, because their center is Hassan Whiteside, so you should know how this movie ends. Steve Nabbs just dunks it with relative ease, but that's not the who that dunked that. 
Third quarter, 518 mark. Russell Westbrook dribbles around to Steven Adams' screen, you know, breaking news, and just they dunks. They should run that play more often. Dunks the living crap out of it. Just looked like vintage Russ. And look, every, every time you see vintage Russ, it's 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 great TV. It's a classic two foot jump Russ, which you know he is he's made famous. Pump, pumped it back. Two, yeah, two but hands. it's one of those things that when he's going up, he's going up with two hands off two feet, and he's not jumping from eight feet away. He's jumping right in front of the rim. Jumping, it's smooth, it's smooth, it's smooth. Oh, he's just gonna kind of flush this in, and then all of a sudden he just cocks it back and slams it. Like he makes like a simple little touch dunk. Into like an aggressive thing that he can scream about. Only Russell is the only person I've ever seen do that. I, li- I like the way he. I like the way he. Is this the Cajun accent? Yeah, Let's I like go. the way he don't have all. Go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Out of nowhere, from the top rope. And for the longest time, because it was going to be that Stephen Adams dunk. Because I, like like I said, I don't think the Thunder had that many dunks tonight. No. Um, I I did tell Chisholm like, can we have a block of the night? And it would have been Russell just swatting the hell out of Dwayne. It's like <sighs> we can't disrespect. Come on, Dwayne he is not long for this basketball world. Don't do him like that. Don't do him. It's a legend. Like uh, all right, a little bit of breaking news. Uh, as of like six hours ago, eight hours ago, somewhere around in there, how about a Diallo going to be participating in the dunk contest? Oh, that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. This only goes one of two ways. He's either really really impressive. And we are like, holy crap, how fun was that? Oklahoma City's you know, second round pick that they paid cash for. Dunk contest does well. Entertaining. Or it's a train wreck. All I want is because, and I'm going to hearken my inner uh, Charles Barkley, because first of all, jump shots go win championships. <laughs> first of all, um, everybody that complains about the dunk contest being boring, those people watch the dunk contest every year. Yeah. Like, like like the sheep that they are. <laughs> I watch it. The only thing that I hope is it's not like the last few years where guys get like 12 sh- attempts to get a dunk down. It's like, if you don't get it down in your first two, you should just quit. It's like, okay. Like, yeah. It, it, it's it, the theatrics are over. Um, with Hami, it's really exciting. Everybody, the guy has talent, athleticism that no one's going to deny. Had the, uh, I think, didn't he have the highest uh, vertical in the NBA Combine last year? Or the year sure. that, that he initially tried to come out but then went back to Kentucky? I think I think that was when he had the highest uh, um, vertical. But the guy's insanely talented. And I've seen it in practice. I've seen it in pregame warm-ups. Even in games. In-game dunking. It's going to be an exciting show, and who else? Who else is involved? I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be doing it again yep. as a New York Nick, so that'll be f- weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's going to be fun. Just hopefully, guys hit their dunks. Uh, yes, we're not going to see anything groundbreaking. Everyone's done about the same. Like everyone's done about every dunk that you could possibly do. Just hit them, oh, please. That's not true. I'm, every dunk. I'm not. I'm not a big. Do? I'm not a big prop guy. Wow, there's only three people in the dunk contest. Dennis Smith Jr., Hamadou Diallo, and Miles Bridges. Yeah, because who was it uh, from Miami? Derek Jones. Well, that's who yeah, Hamadou that, was replacing. That's who he's Isn't replacing. there usually five contestants? Am I an idiot? I believe. Definitely more than three. Maybe not, they're going to add not, more. Why not Terrence Ferguson? That's okay. When I saw the the notification come across my phone because, you know, Woj or Shams or whichever one tweeted it out. I believe this was Chris Haynes. Oh, Chris Haynes is the breaking yeah. news. Uh, when I saw it come across my phone, I you know I just saw Thunder Guard. Da, 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 da. I truly believed it was just Terrence Ferguson. I just skimmed over it because I've seen videos of Terrence Ferguson in dunk contests before, and they, I mean, kid can jam at home. He's got some ups, and we obviously saw the Los Angeles game last year whenever he had his little coming out party, which was basically a dunk contest. I haven't seen like videos of Hami doing really creative dunks. I've just seen him try to tear the rim off the backboard. 
Yeah, he's a Russell Westbrook type dunker, but he has a little bit more, I guess, flash to his game. Russell is just a straight, I hate that rim. Yeah. And I'm going to destroy it with Jeez, every ounce of my of my being. Hami has a little bit more, I guess, theatrical showmanship with some of his dunks, just because his his vertical is probably a little bit better than Russell's. But my big question is, I wonder if anybody from the Thunder are going to, are going to help him out. Like, Paul George going to be throwing him an assist Russell Westbrook going to be there in some outlandish outfit maybe Nick Collison will give him a pep talk oh retire that jersey <laughs> they uh, should put Zion in there why not have you have uh let's see if either of you have heard this story so uh, this is from actually uh the snake himself Kevin Durant that everybody just loves so much here in Oklahoma City on a Bill Simmons podcast he was actually at Duke Zion's first day on campus okay he was there to meet him say what's up do his thing Bunch of NBA players there. He wasn't the only one. Um, so he's at Duke. And so they're doing the initial testing of basically that stuff that you do in an NBA combine. So Zion's getting tested for his vertical leap. If you don't know what that is, like how they test that, it's a standing jump. You don't get to take a step. You don't get to run. Standing still, jump immediately up, and you slap it and marks how high you jump. Zion Williamson was at the thing that everyone else has ever been tested on. He slapped it, knocked all of them off. So now they have no idea because he was higher than they could they could mark. Well, great news is they have six-inch plates that they can add to the bottom, adding six inches. So they add another foot, tops it out. Add another foot, tops it out. They have no more plates. They have no idea how high his vertical is. They can't measure it. Is, no, is that not an incredible story? Where no man has gone before. They can't he's, he's measure how high his vertical is. At he's Duke. a vertical pioneer. That's a joke. I'm sure they know now, but coming into the season, a modern science can't like can't they prove no how tall, how high Zion Williamson can dunk or jump. Good God! Yep. Just <laughs> video him like jumping next to a wall, and then just use some sports science and figure it out. Dude, man, that involves a triangle and the circumference of a square. Zion Williamson can jump sunlight. higher than a. <laughs> his vertical is much higher than Michael Beasley. I promise you this: If he was going to jump over a car, he wouldn't jump over a, a uh, convertible with the top down. He wouldn't jump over just the front either. Just the hood, just the hood. I love me some Blake Griffin. That was still fun, though. It was still fun. Uh, my favorite dunk of all time is the uh, blowing out the the cupcake candle off the oh, top. Oh yeah, that was a great one. Oh yeah, I thought that was really funny. Um, Serge Ibaka didn't. He, what did he do? He bit like he put like a little teddy bear on the rim and he grabbed it with his mouth and then dunked it right. Something he, like that. And he lost to JaVale McGee, of all people, who who I think he dunked two or three basketballs at the same time. Something. It was, yeah. It JaVale, was, I, was it three? I think it was three. Like, he had two, like, he had two oh, you're right. and one and yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah, and you're then, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors. It is all smoke and mirrors. Uh, I could talk about dunks for Who's winning the three-point contest? Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> <laughs> Can he get around the entire arc in time? <laughs> I didn't actually think about that, but that they need to give him That's like an extra question. twenty seconds. <laughs> they really need to give him an extra twenty seconds. Oh, Buddy Heel, come on now. Buddy Heel takes down the Curry brothers. I really, I first off, Seth. It's cute that he's in it because it's Charlotte. But come on now, um, it's hard for me to bet against Steph Curry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. He's only the best three point shooting three point shooter in like league history, and probably ever will be. So Seth, Steph, Dirk. Buddy and Damian Lillard. Watch, watch Dame win this thing. <laughs> maybe that kid can shoot too. Well, there you go. If so, anyone wins this, maybe other than Buddy Heald because he's just not as nationally big, you know, to the common NBA fan. Any whoever wins this, I don't think it'll surprise anybody. Other no, than, other than maybe Buddy because Seth Curry is Steph Curry's brother. Dirk Nowitzki is a legend in 
it's his last year, so people would that would be a story. Was um, they let Dirk win it? Everyone else intentionally misses. Oh, it's rigged. <laughs> if Seth wins, that's a pretty good story too. I mean, it's just like oh, he beat the his brother he, he who's beat his better brother. of all. If uh, if Seth wins, it's the equivalent of that random team that no one had ever heard of being Virginia in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Oh, who was that? Was that Bucknell? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I just know they had a bunch of Twitter followers for about 48 hours. Oh, the Retrievers? The re- yeah, I mean, it was, I knew it was a dog. I didn't remember it was a oh, Retriever. Saint something. Saint something. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Chase Barlett, if you're listening, please hit us up. With Chase, the, who's that? Uh, he's the guy who, who sent us the uh, Rafiki quote on Twitter. Okay, Chase Barlett. Yeah, Google that. Let us know. All right, let's go ahead and do the uh, stat cat. <laughs> What's new, pussycat? Obviously, a lot of records got broken tonight. Uh, Paul George now with the most three-pointers ever made by a Thunder player at 10. Uh, uh, Terrence Ferguson, goodness gracious. Uh, Dennis Schroeder had the uh, most efficient quarter in Thunder history, going 9 of 9 from the field. All that's well and good. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the uh, three-point shooting since January 1st. This is from Brett Dawson at The Athletic. Uh, The Thunder are now shooting 40.5% from January 1st till now. That is second in the NBA in that time uh, time frame. First month of the season, they were shooting 26%. Now they're the second-best shooting team in the league. Uh, They started out at 26%, obviously climbing up the ranks now. I think overall they're at 16th in three-point percentage, so right in the middle of the pack. That was such a giant story to start the year. Now seems to be uh, slowly dying back. Yeah, because, I mean, if Paul George is going to be shooting like this, and he's a guy that you, you know, a, a diehard Miami Heat fan could, sit, could probably sit there and say, oh, yeah, well, if Paul George doesn't go 10 of 16, it's like, no, Paul George is a guy that can do that. Um, the Whenever only, he wants to? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I, you know, that game where Terrence Ferguson hit, uh, what, six threes, I think it was that second Minnesota loss when Nerlens Noel went out with the concussion. Um, if the Thunder had won that game, the other the other example would be a Timberwolves fan could say, oh, well, yeah, but if Terrence Ferguson doesn't go six for six from the three-point line, the Timberwolves win. It's like, okay, that's when you can kind of use that argument. Right. Paul George shooting like this, you can depend on. Now, 43 points, 14 of 23, 10 of 16 from the three-point line, you can't always depend on that, but he's a guy that can get hot fairly quickly in that Milwaukee game on Sunday in Oklahoma city, he had a, a 45 second spurt where he hit two threes and got a bucket at the foul um, and got fouled and got an and one. So he, he can score quickly. Um, when he's hitting shots, uh, when guys like, uh, Jeremy Grant, uh, Dennis Schroeder, even, uh, Terrence Ferguson on most nights the last month when they're hitting shots. Yes. This team surprisingly is a good three point shooting team. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, let's, uh, wrap it up here. Don't have a whole lot more to talk about. I think we've covered everything. Uh, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, this is uh, going to be the OKC82 podcast for tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you can find that in a whole lot of places. Brady, where are those places? Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, Nate, thank you so much. Don't forget to um, leave a comment. Comment, review, rate, review. You can say how cool Madison is and how much I suck, so that'd be great. I would, I'd appreciate that. actually all I comment. <laughs> <laughs> that is all I've been commenting for months. That's enough, Brady. Enough. More Madison. Uh, exactly. And uh, to tell my tell everyone that I'm an idiot, I'm incorrect. Oklahoma City is now 19th in the league in three point percent. What did we need? What did we ask Chase to look up about two minutes ago? What did we ask him to look up? Listener that sent us the Rafiki quote. I he said that he spaced out and I spaced out. I can't remember what we asked him to look up. What was Nate? Do you remember? 
I spaced out. Oh man, it's gonna be funny to listen to this on the re- on the replay. It was 45 seconds ago. How can none Good. of us remember what we were talking about? Because it's 10:30 on a Friday night. Yeah, and I'm sitting here doing math of okay, if we need to get out this time, okay, okay, you know. So I'm sitting here doing things mentally. I'm trying to remember. I have no freaking clue. <laughs> I don't know. I should know, and I don't know. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder get their seventh straight win of the season now. Now 33-18 and 18 on the year. Uh, last time I checked, they were third in the Western Conference. Buffering, buffering, buffering. Still third. Uh, just uh, two and a half games back of the Denver Nuggets. Golden State Warriors have now uh, rightfully claimed their place at the top of the West. Um, so Thunder kind of right where they want to be. They have a game and a half lead over Portland, uh, three-game lead over San Antonio in fifth, and Houston, who started off the year as abysmal as a team could start. That Portland game is so big for the Thunder um, in the next week. If the Thunder win that game, they win the, the season series, and mm-hmm. they'll have the tiebreaker that the Portland Trailblazers kind of dangled over their head last year because, yeah, the Thunder were the four seed. They had a disappointing year. Record-wise, if you just look at the record, the Thunder were two games away from the three seed in terms of their win-loss record. But, of course, Portland beat them four times, so it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, last year there was also a big tie at the Thunder, and tiebreakers is the reason they got the four seed instead yeah. of possibly the sixth. Yeah. But it was just correct. Like they, they, unless Portland just fell off the map and Oklahoma City finished the way that they did because they finished the regular season fairly well. They won all, a lot of those games that they needed to. Um, it just wouldn't have mattered because Portland owned them in the regular season. Yeah, and your point is they could have been higher if they would have had the tiebreaker. My yeah. point is they had some tiebreakers where they weren't sixth. If they didn't have the tiebreakers they had, they would have been sixth last year. So I know these random games in January, and sometimes maybe we as media members undersell it, saying one of 82. If it's a division or a conference game, it does mean more. And those tiebreakers do matter, uh, especially if they're a team that's kind of in your stratosphere because you don't know where everybody's going to shake up at the end of the year. Um, so, no, to your point, that Portland game is definitely going to be something that we all need to keep our eyes on. You'd be uh, listening to too many Billy Donovan sound bites with all this to-your-point stuff, Chisholm. I transcribe that about every other day. <laughs> to your point. <laughs> to your point. To your point, I have listened to a lot of Billy Donovan quotes. And to your point, we are just about of everything we can to talk about for this Oklahoma City Thunder team. And to your point, everyone's going to go subscribe to the OKC82 podcast. I would sure hope so. Well, now they're not going to. Now we've got their hopes up. Please, Matt. Like, it'll make Madison. I promise you. Madison I'm... will have the biggest smile on her face when I show her the numbers if we get more subscribers. So, uh, There's please. Your yeah. That's your... First make... off, Madison's a very likable person. You and I. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <sighs> not so much uh, but I promise you I'm not on it hardly ever and if I am it's just a one off and you don't have to hear me hardly at all Brady tries to talk at minimum because Madison, Madison is smarter than he is so we know where we fall in this this, this, uh, this tier system yeah she's the Doris Burke and I'm the uh, Charles Barkley of the podcast what she, a great she, comparison she, she brings so much I bring so little comic relief is what she brings except an appetite and every so often you say something and we all go what? why? what? why? that's just what? terrible that's just terrible <laughs> Can't win, can't win a championship with jump shots. Can't do it. Nate, do you got a uh, hockey factoid for me right now? A hockey factoid? Is that a thing, Nate? Do you like know what a, hockey what facts? Factoid do you look at? Tell, me, like tell a... me something historically about the Boston Bruins. The Thunder are about to play the Boston Celtics, so tell me something historically about the Boston Are you a big hockey fan? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the only one that comes to mind, you know, their original six. So back when the league was created, I think it was Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Chicago, New York, and... Uh, Crap! Now I'm blanking on LA? the last one. Why is it I called? Assume LA would have no. Why is it called the National Hockey League? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's only six for like. I think the it's first called the Nations Hockey years. League, um, and yeah. uh, could never get past old Montreal. Old Montreal. I think uh, everyone can get past Montreal. Okay, we've done enough damage. We've been here way too long. Is that a baseball we've joke? Had- 
That's more of a Canada joke. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, all right. So uh, we've done everything we can. We've made Canada jokes. We've offended an entire nation. We're going to move on. But this has been the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. My name is Chisholm Holland, at Chisholm Holland on Twitter. I'm with Brady Trantham, at Brady Does Sports, as well as Nate Baldwin, at Nate's with a Z, Naters with a Z Sports 5 on Twitter. This has been the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. Make sure you stick around tomorrow morning. We'll have programming starting at 8 a.m. here on the franchise, as well as the producer show, the Thunder's Insider Show, and that and so much more. So uh, make sure you stay right here. Don't move your dial. And we're going to have OU basketball tomorrow 11. at 11. Brady, you have a microphone. Oh, yeah, I have a microphone. I took it off. OU basketball tomorrow at 11. Yeah. So Thunder well, Indirect Sider Show that will still be for, on we, for an hour. We, we won't have it tomorrow. No. Yeah. Randy Heights told me on Twitter. He he, he like shut me down because I was excited. Earlier. I was, I was super excited with the whole uh, Chris Asporzingis trade um, the other day. Um, he was like, nope, no, ba- um, no, as soon, no show. See, here's the thing. As soon as I said, hey, Thunder's Insider Show tomorrow, make sure you stick around. A dial off. They've moved on. Now they're going to tune in tomorrow. And they're going to be very disappointed, Brady. Well, they can listen to some OU basketball. They can hold they, you they, responsible. Lord knows they need a back. <laughs> they do a bounce back. They win. do. They do. Uh, well, so keep it right here. Don't change your dial ever when you get in or out of your car because this is 107.7 the franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 in Tulsa. Oh mother. It was really weird. First part of the show, I was just wondering if that was a post-game basketball show. Seemed like it was something else, but yeah, I ain't met player P yet. No, I love him. I'm always gonna love him. But I'd almost be willing to stand in front of the post office and give you 30 minutes to draw a crowd and give me a public ass whooping. The experience is unmatched. We're going streaky.